You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin and welcome to Podiatry Marketing. With me is my partner in crime and co-host, Jim McDonald. And today we are talking about a really, really cool topic for episode two, what is marketing? Jim, please tell us what, what marketing is. Yeah, I'm happy to get into the second episode. Um, that that's a deep question. And do you have like uh, two or three hours for us to uh, to jump into it? How long How long do we have? Oh, really? We we worked out. We're going to probably do like twenty minute episodes on these topics, so people can sort of, if they just find the podcast once we're up to about episode four hundred, they can just play out through them. <laughs> yeah, they can spend a holiday listening to the uh, the sweet tones of Tyson Franklin, Jim McDonald in their ears. But um, oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited about talking about what marketing is and what marketing isn't. So uh, so in your mind, Tyson, uh, when you think marketing, what, what comes to the top of your mind? Well, what's funny, it's what you just said then about what marketing isn't. And I think sometimes people get advertising and marketing completely mixed up. So to give you a perfect example, whether you're doing a magazine ad or a newspaper or Facebook ad, an ad is and is advertising yeah you do up an ad you put it in the newspaper that is advertising marketing in comparison is the font you use the headline the the text that you put in it the page the color of the ad the photograph uh, the position of where you place the ad so advertising is advertising but it's one little part of marketing so marketing is covering all aspects of an ad I don't know if that actually answered the question, but that tells you the difference between advertising and marketing. But I actually think, to me, marketing is everything you do, especially for your podiatry business, from the time you wake up in the morning till you go to sleep at night, I think you're marketing your business. I have to tend to agree with you. Like It's really that the deliberate actions you take and sometimes even, I guess, the indeliberate actions you take. Uh, to me, really, marketing is about... Um, it kind of comes down to the word market, right? There's a supply side and a demand side, and there's, you know, no shortage of other specialties. You know, or orthopedics, um, chiropractors are trying to get in, physiotherapists. There's a lot of people that are trying to, um, you know, treat people with foot and ankle issues. But just how do you separate yourself? How do you display your ex- expertise? to your ideal patient in your local community and make them aware that you are that expert. And yes, word of mouth will work and treating patients well are two great ways of doing it. But these days when people have problems or they have issues, foot and ankle related issues, they're on Google, they're you know searching their Facebook group friends for to try to find uh, you know where they should go and who they should trust to be that kind of dedicated foot and ankle expert. So really making your services aware and kind of being visible to your ideal patient is kind of what the name of the game is in you know 2021 and I guess going into 2022 in my mind. Yeah, and I think it's one of these things when you spoke about how do we differentiate ourselves from the other professions that are trying to treat foot and ankle problems. And and I think this is where some podiatrists make the mistake where they try to be the same as everybody else. Yeah, the physiotherapist, the chiropractor are saying, oh, we fit, we fix ankle problems. Now, if you're just saying, we fix ankle problems, and a patient's there going, oh, okay, you all fix ankle problems, so it doesn't matter where I go. So you've got to somehow get that message across to them differently. No, 100%. You have to do that, but plus, like, I think a lot, especially in North America at least, a lot of people, you know, they go to university, they go through podiatry school, they go through a residency that's heavily hospital-based, and you kind of get into this mentality that, 
if I put my head down, I work really hard, I treat people really, really well, then patients will kind of automatically find me. Um, and like I said, these new channels and these ways that people are gaining awareness about expertise, that's not necessarily the case. You really have to, like you talked about, you have to zone in on what you want to do and the, the care you want to provide, and then kind of like show that to the world in a way that's, you know, obviously honest and genuine, uh, but you can't be shy about um, your expertise or your training or what makes you different from somebody else is actually the reason that people are willing to choose you. Yeah. You don't want to have a cookie cutter website that's the same as the other five podiatry clinics in town where there's no aspect of differentiation. So to me, like having a subspecialty or differentiating yourself from other podiatrists, other healthcare providers is vital to the health of a business. Yeah, I'm always looking at podiatrist websites. And it's surprising how many podiatry websites just use stock photos. So they'll have the whole website, and they've actually got some good uh, copy in there. You'll read through the articles. You go, this is written really well. It's written for a 12-year-old, as it should be. But all their photos, and then you'll click through five podiatry websites, and they're using the same photos. Or then you'll go to a physio website, and they might be talking about, say, an ankle problem, and they're using the same photo. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine, Nikki Jerd, who's, uh, she always says, on some websites, especially on medical websites, they have she has a, there's this guy that they call same guy, and he's a he just looks <laughs> that really honest looking middle aged gentleman, and he just pops up on all these different websites. So everybody in her business refers to him same guy. Hey, look, same guy's back on. So one of the tips she said is like with your website, if you want to differentiate yourself from everybody, is get a professional photographer to come in or have somebody in your business has a good camera. Well, your iPhone cameras are pretty good. And actually take photos of you performing that service or your actual business with people in the photographs. So when people are looking through it, they're looking at your website, they're looking at somebody else's and they go, oh, I can actually tell the difference between them now. Yeah, it's like having the difference between the kind of the, the footprints in the sand on your homepage <laughs> versus you treating your ideal patient. Let's say you want to treat runners is it going to make is it going to connect with people who are a runner to see footprints in the sand or to see you you know at the local marathon tent um you know you know treating a blister or something so you're right on the ball there i think another aspect of it that's really important to note is that you know depending on what stage of practice somebody is in is going to kind of change that kind of marketing mix you know there's kind of the you know we've talked about in a previous podcast the kind of digital versus old school yeah and it's kind of a combination of those two things but also it comes down to you know what do you have time is it time versus money for example if you're just starting off in practice and you have a lot of time maybe that's time when you're you know visiting other clinics I guess during non-COVID times, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, or or volunteering at a at a marathon if you want to do sports medicine, or going to running shoe stores and providing injury clinics and being known um, with because you have the time to spend outside of your clinic, and then once you have more money coming in and you have less time to go do those things, ramping up other aspects of your practice, you know, bringing on a, a marketing assistant or a marketing provider or other ways to help you know you identify those ideal patients and go, go after them in those areas where they are there's there's different ways to to use marketing so there's not necessarily one right method for every single practice yeah i definitely agree that when you're first setting up is you do the groundwork is you you need to have somebody who's looking after your practice when you're not there a receptionist and when you're not seeing patients, you need to be out of your clinic and you need to be doing face-to-face -face meetings, getting along to networking events. One of the best things I went to was uh, Cairns Business Women's Club. 
And and being a guy at the Cairns Business Women's Club meetings, you used to stand out. When there's 250 women and one bloke, <laughs> you, you tend to... But then it sparks conversations. And then you're there with your shirt on. And then sometimes we'd take other staff. Yeah, as we grew, we'd take other staff to those sort of meetings. Chamber of Commerce. When I first set my practice up, the networking events that I went to and the people that I met over a number of months were the same patients that I had 20-something years later when I sold my practice. They were, these people were still coming in. I'd look at their patient file and go, wow, I've been seeing you for over 20 years. And it all stemmed from the original groundwork. The doctors that referred the most people to me were the people I went out of my way to create a relationship with when I was quiet. But then when I got busy and I didn't have as much time to do these things, they still remembered me. I didn't have to be in their face all the time. Yeah, it's just like you said, right? It's about reputation and relationships. You know, I think sometimes when we're younger and we think we're just going to work hard, and like I said, the patients are just going to start walking and you know finding our door and walking straight in for an appointment. But you know, it's these network effects by building relationships, you know, providing great care um, and building a reputation over time that you know helps generate some of this digital, you know, some of this regular word of mouth. But then there's ways of you know generating digital word of mouth as well that helps extend um, awareness about you and your services, but also, you know, things like Google reviews or Yelp reviews or health grades. There's other ways that you can kind of um, put put your reputation out there and let people show that you are kind of that go-to uh, expert in your local area. So when it comes back to the original question, what is marketing? And then I said, you know, I talked about the difference between advertising and marketing. And then marketing is everything from the time you wake up in the morning till you go to bed at night. I actually think a lot of people, they, they drop the ball in certain areas. So signage is part of marketing. But your brand is part of marketing. It, you're handing an orthotic to a patient over the counter. When that patient receives that orthotic or when you're doing the fitting in the room, or you might be doing an adjustment and giving it back to them, Everything that you hand to that patient, whether it's a, a, an orthotic, a, a flyer, a handout, there has to be a, co- a commonality, a brand that's built around everything that you're doing as well. I, I totally agree with that. And I think part of it is that, um, especially people go into private practice, maybe they have a little bit more of an entrepreneurial uh, spirit and, and are kind of used to that. But I think, like I said, a lot of times in North America these days, um, you know, it's a really hospital-based uh, you know, training system. So, yeah. I mean, there's some some residents will get into a clinic and see that, but sometimes it's just really kind of like learning on the fly that those things are important, that uh, uh, that they do have an impact because it can be, it can you know, I think what sometimes people go into medicine, at least in North America, uh, this is just my perspective, is that. You know, they don't want to they don't want to be seen as a salesperson. Yeah. They don't want to like, you know, feel like they're coercing a patient in any way. And sometimes that that sales, that kind of like the hard sale or the cold call things that they, they have, you know, even people in practice are probably receiving cold calls from marketing agencies about like, we're going to bring you 60 to 100 more, more patients per month. Right. And that just it kind of makes everybody stomach churn when you hear that. And this is I'm someone that does marketing True. myself. So. You know, when when marketing gets kind of wrapped into the, like this hard sell, this cold call, uh, this kind of association with it, like it can be something that people want to back away from and say, oh, I don't need that. You know, I've got, um, you know, I, I work really hard and I've got good word of mouth, but um, it's not necessarily about that. I think marketing can be a tool that really allows you to provide excellent care to even more people. You're actually, by putting yourself out there and the great care you provide, 
you're doing your community a, a better a better service by shining a light on your expertise and the unique value that your care provides. I mean, obviously, other people in your community do a great job as well, but you know, this is an opportunity. It's not a self-serving thing. It's really about being a steward uh, and, and contributing to the overall health of your community. I like what you said then about the sales too, because sometimes when I've had other podiatrists work with me, or you'll be at a conference and you'll talk about marketing, and straight away people think marketing is is just sales, and in their head, like you said, they've watched TV or they've they've grown up seeing these what you call these, these dirty salesmen that come in and try and use these tricky tactics to try and get you to buy something. And to me, I think if a podiatrist is actually doing that, then they're not the sort of podiatrist that. I want listening to this podcast or that I want to work with personally. To me, it's really you're trying to help the patient the best you can by presenting them the best treatment in the best format. And you're trying to educate the public in the best format and the best way so that they come and see you and they don't go and see the the sleazy podiatrist down the road who is trying to sell them something that they don't need. So to me, I always say the definition of sales from a podiatry point of view is professionally helping people buy, but it's helping them buy the treatment plan that is the best for them. No, I I totally agree with that. And I think a lot of these tools, um, you know, these kind of cookie cutter systems or, you know, patient growth uh, systems kind of like they want to be kind of a all for one and, you know, one thing that does many things super well for every single practice, but it's not, it's not really like that. And you really have to understand, uh, you know, kind of take, take a step back and understand kind of what is it that you want to get out of the profession and what brings professional satisfaction um, in the care that you provide. And by doing that, um, you can kind of create a marketing plan that's unique to you and your practice. Mm. Like you mentioned, um, not only are you just you know putting yourself out there and shining a light on the care you provide, but, you know, there are some tools that do make uh, the in-clinic experience for patients that much better. You know, if, if, I, if I can fill out my health records forms at home from the comfort of my own home on my phone or my, my computer and then just go almost straight into a treatment room, I'd much prefer that than sitting a half an hour in, in a waiting room. Um, you know, if I can pay a bill online and not have to be on the phone, uh, that, that's beneficial for the, for the patient who's paying the bill, but also for the staff that's trying to provide a great in-clinic in experience for the patient. So there's a lot of technology and, and marketing tools that can be utilized to in, improve not only, you know, the patients that are coming to you, but the experience you're providing for your patients. Oh, I think an internal marketing tip that I usually say to everybody, run on time. It's not that hard. Book in a certain amount of patients per day, stick to your, stick to the time frame with that patient and run on time. And then if you do run on time and you can do that, some patients will actually pay more if you can guarantee that you'll run on time. Because like I'm busy. When I, if I have an appointment at 12 o'clock and they say it's going to go for half an hour, I base my day around that. If I rock up at 12 o'clock and all of a sudden I'm waiting until 20 past, I start to get annoyed. I would rather pay a fraction more and be on time. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And I think that's probably something we'll touch on in a future podcast is the, 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 the positive marketing effects of running your clinic on time. Oh, I think that yeah. not only does that, not only does that, you know, that creates a great affinity of that patient, but I think that's uh that becomes what I call like digital word of mouth or something that people really want to share with others. And I think that's one misconception about some of the things that happen now with marketing your podiatry practice, especially around patient reviews is that, 
oh, I don't want to inconvenience the patients by asking them or, oh, that, that just feels like, you know, I, I don't feel right about asking them um, to fill out something online for me to talk about their care. But really, if you're providing excellent care for people, um, you're probably, you know, servicing a local community or an area, they'll be more than happy to share that positive experience. And, and so other people in your local area can experience the the great care you provide. So um, that's just kind of touching on what you're talking about there. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm excited to talk about those, that topic in the future as well. So just to finish up, I want to just briefly touch on, and a lot of the topics we're going to talk about like in these first few episodes anyway, we're going to dig into a lot deeper. And there's going to be times we may repeat certain subjects because we need to dig deeper with them. But yeah, because this because marketing is so big, just a, like a final question for you. Do you think some podiatrists get afraid of marketing because it seems so big? You've got your paid, your partnership, you've got content marketing, websites and social media pages that people look at that and go, oh, it's just too hard. I'm just going to build my reputation. Well, I think <laughs> I think a lot of at least people my age and a little bit younger than me and your age, you know, the the way that the internet's used is is totally changed yeah. in a way. I think you know I think people do see the benefit of word of mouth uh, and some you know some older podiatrists my age and older see some of the benefits of something like yellow pages and, and things. But for a long time, the internet and online was really just almost like a placeholder, almost like a brochure website. Mm. Um, there was it was about having information and sharing you know just kind of some basic information but there wasn't much that was actionable uh, as far as uh you know really providing clear benefit there was no kind of attribution uh, about who was clicking on what or exactly kind of like how could you know surfacing in a google result lead to a new patient uh so it's taken a while and and those and i think google and other types of places really try to like make it seem pretty simple when actually it's it's not super complex but there are so many different options and opportunities out there. It can be a little bit of um, paralysis by analysis when mm. it comes to starting a website or trying to get into Google Ads. You know, the, the first steps are pretty easy as far as like, if you have the time, you can do it. But to do it really well and for it to generate business and, and a profit, um, <laughs> be profitable uh, with some of these endeavors is, is not always straightforward. So, you know, I, I think our goal here is really to, you know, introduce these different uh, options that are out there. Like I said, there's no one cookie cutter solution that's gonna work for every single practice. But you know, with our hope with this show is to introduce some of these uh, options, talk about some general topics within marketing. So the people feel at least educated, you know, if they're confronted at a conference by <laughs> you know, a marketing vendor or yeah. someone cold calls them, you know, promising the world that they feel at least a little bit informed so they don't feel like they're having the wool kind of drug over their eyes. They at least have a general level of education on this topic to feel knowledgeable to have a conversation. I love that. Yeah, education is is the key. I, I think it the whole it doesn't mean even if you don't like marketing and you're going to outsource it completely, but to me you still need to have some understanding of what marketing is and what marketing is not. Like I said, I must get an email at least once a day. Hey, we can get you 27 to 30 new patients every month with this one email campaign, just five easy steps. Please click on this link and be harassed for the next 12 months <laughs> with an email every single day, which is what I've actually done accidentally. And and what I find funny when they said, we have this email sequence that will guarantee you 27 to 30 new patients. The part that's weird about that, I don't know about America, but in Australia, we can't just 
cold call emails. We can't just send emails out to complete strangers. You get in trouble for that. So they're not new patients to start with. They're existing patients that they're trying to bring back. So they're not using the right wording. And then on top of that, depending on the type of clinic you have, how can the same email sequence, if it's exactly the same, produce the same results? So education is the key. No, for sure. You got to be educated. And like I said, you don't have to be an expert in this stuff. And hopefully, you know, by listening to the podcast and hearing some of the, the gems that Tyson's sharing and maybe, the, maybe a few of the ones that I'm sharing as well, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll be well on your way. Uh, but uh, it's just having some basic knowledge to have these conversations to feel, like I said, like, like you're in the game and, you know, you're finding ways that not only benefit your practice, but also benefit the patients you're treating. Yeah, and if you tune in next week, we'll give you a tip, an email sequence to bring you 27 to 30 games. <laughs> don't, don't make these, uh, these these outrageous claims. We're going to get all kinds of hate mail now, Tyson. Uh, sorry. Okay, I, I have nothing else to say on this topic, so that's, that's it for me this week. Jim, uh, I'll give you the final word. Oh, no, it was good. I think we, we touched on some some important topics with the, the the topic of marketing, you know, what it is, what it's not, and, you know, you know, looking forward to some next steps with you as we uh, continue this conversation. That'd be awesome. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.